When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair. And since our last podcast, City have played two games. On Wednesday, they beat Bruges 4-1 at home. And on Saturday, they played in what's, I believe, called the Manchester Derby. Normally on this show, we kind of review any previous games and look forward to games coming up. Well, this week is different. I've just looked back and reviewed the game last week. We won 4-1. That's it. That's all we're going to talk about. Uh, Because what we're going to do, and the international break, of course, uh, we haven't got anything to look forward to. So we can spend literally the whole of our time celebrating, waxing lyrical, enjoying the moment, which was a 2-0 comprehensive victory away at the Swamp at the weekend. Uh, to help me do that, I've got three blues. Um, a view from a blue, Stephen Allwise. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Nigel. Can't wait well, for this. Uh, indeed. Looking forward to it. And also looking forward to it is the great, the wonderful Lisa Rubinovitz. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Nigel. And welcome back also to David Blakeney. Hi, David. Hi, Nigel. Listen, um, Stephen, kick us off. How good was that on Saturday? Oh, it almost feels like... 2-0 is really unfair on us. It was the most one-sided dominance of a big game like that that you'll see. It was just total, total control to the extent where, and I'm sure we'll have a go at United, and I don't actually mean this as a dig at them, it felt like a cup game at times against a you know, League One or League Two team. It was such a golfing class that if you'd have said to the City players, right, go and put another 10 passes together, go and put another 50 passes together, go and score another couple of goals if you fancy it, we would have done. It was it was so easy. And it's that's never a word that we associate with a derby. It's all nerves and tension and, you know, you're worried about what might happen. We were unbelievable. Least I know always going into these games, you're always worried. You always talk about you putting a jinx on it. Um, the fact you're on the show this week, I think you said to me that you probably it might put a jinx on it because we always lose these games, particularly when you come on. But but you must have been delighted when you watched that, weren't you? Yeah, totally delighted. And I think for I I'm always nervous, as everyone knows, nervous, negative, you know, you name it. I wasn't nervous. There was maybe one moment and that was it. 
and I I can't even exp- I can't think of there's ever been a time that I have watched us play United and not be really nervous throughout. And it's unbelievable that the difference between these two teams is just I I never thought it would be this big. The golf is enormous, David. You've probably got more grey hairs than most people who come on this show. Um, so yeah, you've, seen, you've seen more derbies than, than most. Uh, yeah, what one of the best, one of the easiest, one of the most enjoyable? How would you sum it up? I would say it's one of the best, one of the most comprehensive. But probably, yes, it was really enjoyable. But I have to put one slight caveat is two goals. One was an own goal and one was a bit lucky. And we, you just would like to see us finishing better because 2-0 does not do us justice. And however brilliant we were, the statistics are amazing. But quite often this season, we've had amazing statistics, this many shots, this much possession. But we are a little bit worrying, cannot finish properly. You know, even Phil, who I love Foden so much, that his one-to-one finishing is not good. And that's the only thing I've got a slight reservation on, I'm afraid. It's interesting. I mean, I wrote it down as a question, of course. So saying, you know, are you disappointed it was only 2-0? So so let's just tackle that, Stephen. A straight question. Were you disappointed it was only 2-0? Or actually, does the, out, does the performance completely outweigh that? Oh, well. This, there's a bit of both in there, obviously. Of course, you want to score more goals, especially in a derby, because the way that you know we look back now several years on at the 6-1, you'd argue that, yes, um, the weekend was actually a, a probably a more complete performance than the 6-1, which was 3-1 with 10 minutes to go and they were down to 10 men. But you remember the score and you remember the six goals that we scored. And we've had derbies where you know we've put three, four past them and it, it's brilliant. The the performance from start to finish was anyone who watched that would know how good we were compared to how bad United were. And that, in a sense, is is more pleasing on the day and in the week and for the season. I'm sure, you know, looking back in five years' time, ten years' time, people won't really remember this 2-0. It was just another Derby victory. But I, I get David's point entirely about finishing. We know it's one of our weak links and we don't have that ruthless or clinical striker but I think it's nitpicking to look back at the United game and, and take that away um, I thought we were unbelievable but Answering my own question Lisa, I kind of for a split second I was a bit disappointed because you think yeah, you've got to give De Gea credit he pulled off some brilliant saves and yeah, Jesus in particular probably been, should have been more clinical in front of goal and, and, and one or two others as well potentially but I'm not sure if I was that disappointed just because the performance was so good. The performance was just, we were so much better than one. As Stevens, I love Stevens' analogy, you know, a Premier League side against a, a League One or Two side in a cup game. It was that sort of golfing class. So I'm not that bothered myself. You? you? Um, no, weirdly. I, I thought I was going to be bothered, but I think exactly what Stephen said. I think I know that it's the big scoreline that people remember and everyone remembers the 6 1 for obvious reasons, but. And also, even I think City fans forget that it was 3-1 till quite late in the game. And because all that you remember is the scoreline. But I, what I was pleased about yesterday, not yesterday, was it yesterday, at the weekend, was that people didn't focus on that at all. The focus was just on how outstanding we were. And, and it, it was clear to see that the golf in, in class was just 
ridiculous. And I, whilst I do also agree with what David's saying about the, the finishing, it wasn't an issue in that particular game. It is something that needs to be addressed, but it really didn't cause us a problem in, in this particular match. And so I was just, I just absolutely loved the, the sheer dominance and the, and the tearing apart of their little hearts. Um, the, the, the team, it was, it was a, it was, it was kind of, we were killing them with kindness. I want to come on to some of the performances. In fact, I started to write down players' names and their contribution. I ended up literally writing all 11 names down. I've literally written for, for one reason or another, every single player has got to mention it. Was, it was the complete team performance. And David, you mentioned the stats, just to kind of remind people. I think possession was 67.4 against 22.6. That was the away team, 67.4% possession. That's 762 passes against 326. Um, the, the, the home side was booed off the pitch at half-time and at full-time. I mean, it just doesn't get much better than that, does it? No. And what was it, four touches in, in the penalty box and only one in the second half? Yeah. The best ever statistics against the team. So, I mean, just going back to the last question, though, very briefly, you know, we have played some of this football, which I think some of the best football we've ever seen City play this season the Chelsea game the Liverpool game you know the game against United yesterday uh, on Saturday it, it is breathtaking and I, I suppose I'm only semi disappointed because each of those games we did miss several and uh, you know Liverpool we should have beaten Liverpool that's my concern is we're playing such good football you feel we deserve a lot more and I just hope things click into place but um, the statistics, I suppose, that incredible football that we play, it's breathtaking this season, some of it. I think better than any other season I can remember. You know, look at some of the games we played, even that Brighton first half, um, some of the European games. was just, you're watching football like we've never seen it before. I just think we deserve more. And that's just why I get a little bit frustrated. I'm going, oh my God, we deserve so much more. But those stats were, in fact, a lot of our stats at the moment are breathtaking, aren't they? And actually watching it live, I think, is even more incredible to watch it live. I don't think TV does us justice. It's that clever and that good. I actually think... I'm just before you carry on, Stephen, I'm not going to allow you any more negatives here, David, by the way. To, for it's good of you in your first answer to try and find the one slight negative that might have been on what was an incredible performance so that's it now okay you've, yeah, had, your, yeah. you've had your strike yeah. now yeah. Yeah. you can only talk positively because that's Sorry. all we need to talk about from now on Stephen sorry I interrupted you I was just going to say I think the point David made around four touches in our box that's the killer stat because in and two of those came in the same move with Ronaldo's volley and, and Greenwood's follow-up because in any game that you play for all the control and you know we know the possession stats every time it's you know city will be around 70 percent there's always a five ten minute spell in every game where the opposition get a couple of corners or crosses into the box and you feel a bit under pressure and and more so in a big game where you'd expect the home team and a, a team who are you know touted as a title challenger or top four team you'd expect them to have those spells united had absolutely nothing there was in, it got to the point where 
I think they had a two-minute spell in the second half where they passed the ball around quite nicely. And we went, you know, maybe a minute, two minutes without touching it. And, and you thought, are we on the ropes here? You know, they had it, they passed it from centre-back to centre-back, you know, did nothing with it. But it was such a, a rare occurrence that they had the ball and kept it and we weren't in possession. We reduced them to one volley. Ronaldo caught it quite sweetly. Edison made the save and that's it. United, for all their game plan, you know, in the past when they've caused us problems, it's sit back, sit back, soak up pressure and counter-attack at pace. And as soon as you put Ronaldo into that, who doesn't have the pressing and doesn't have the pace, you know, they had absolutely nothing. It was as... I'm surprised that our possession was as low as 67%, as you've said. It it felt like it would have been 80-85. Can I just talk about tactics as well then, Lisa, as well? Because obviously, not unsurprisingly, um, the Reds sort of had kind of, is it three at the back, is it five at the back? We know what we're talking about. And of course, Pep then just countered that brilliantly by having two really wide players and then the sort of the full-backs as well, sort of, but Cancelo in particular, what, what a star he's become. And he just seemed to counteract it perfectly. And, and tactically, he just out, out-foxed uh, the, the Ollie, who's still at the wheel. And, and, and I think we all would agree that he needs time, doesn't he, to be fair. We need to encourage that. Um, they shouldn't rush any decisions there. I mean, they're a big, big club. And they need to give their managers time. I think this talk of him going is ridiculous. So we wish him well. And I, I don't like to see sort of uh, teams chopping and changing and boards making these decisions. There's been too much of that this week. We wish him well. And he should be at the wheel for many, many years to come. But just on that, on the tactical point uh, first, Lisa, how do you respond to that and, and, and Pep completely outwitting him on this particular occasion? Well, as he hasn't a few times, and so that was my pre-match concern, um, they just didn't know what to do when with with the with, with the fullbacks and the two players out wide. They just didn't know their play. Their defenders did not know where to put themselves. Um, they and they they, they don't work as a team the way we in the same way we do. So they were the ones who were supposed to deal with it. They didn't know where to go, and then no one else was helping. And it was it was perfect for us, obviously. But also, I think a lot of people were maybe expecting Kevin not to start. Um, and it's interesting, I thought, I felt that Pep after the match said, Kevin, he was back. I think he was acknowledging that as well. Um, and, you know, he knows he sees him in training. He knows whether he was going to be able to do it or not. And he, whilst he still isn't quite there, I think that was quite his, he was certainly far, far better than he has been recently. And I think that obviously had a huge impact as, as well in, in the game. But I, I think the main thing was that, he knew that those defenders were just not going to be able to cope with it. They don't have the nous. They, as a collective team, they just don't have it. And, and talk, whether it's nous or whether it's energy or whatever it is, I mean, when David, when you see uh, the City players sort of hunting in packs and, and, and you see someone like Jesus who, who runs his socks off, OK, yes, you may well have a, a view on his finishing, but we're not allowed to talk about that this week. Uh, you know, you see the, the positions. He, he, he picks the ball up just outside the box. He's a striker. He, he tracks back and, and, and just the work rate and, and, and the pressing is just fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, I think Pep must have given one of his best ever interviews he gave an insight to his tactics at the end of the game and the way the players play and what they do. And I don't think I ever recall such a clarity of tactics be explained so well as he did for that game. And I must say, when you talk about, by the way, man of the match or tactics, I don't know who to give the award to. Is it Gary Neville? 
Is it Roy Keane or Mika? Because that was the best discussion on football match I think I've ever heard. It was, it was bliss. It was, I, I can't remember a better match for that. It was as good off the field as it was on the field. Stephen, take us back to the tactics. Well, I was just going to say, I think it's a very nice line for Pep to come out with, you know, five at the back for the opposition. Therefore, you want a left footer on the left and a right footer on the right and stretch it. You know, it's not that long ago since we had the Champions League final where Chelsea played five at the back and he played Sterling on the left as a right footer cutting in and he played Mares on the right as a left footer cutting in. So I'd love to give him the benefit of doubt and say he's learned from that mistake and he's, he's found the solution or it's just a convenient, you know, he had to play. He was never not going to play De Bruyne. We know he's not been at his best the last few weeks, but he's always going to play that. He was always going to play Gundogan because he loves him and he, he gives us that passing rhythm. Bernardo's been probably our best player this season, so he was always going to play. And then it was just a case of who are the other two around him. So I think it's a clever quip from Pep to say that that's the, the answer. Ultimately, the difference is how they're coached. You know, you, what, you would struggle to have said what United's plan was versus City just passing them to death Pep said, I think at half, or he came out afterwards and said at half time, the instruction to the players was just pass it more. It was just keep the ball. Like, you know, you'd almost, it's so basic, but it's just reminding the players and reminding everyone of, of how good we are compared to them, of that golfing class. I, I want to get on to some of the players, um, and you've mentioned a couple already, Stephen. But before I do that, can we just talk about them for a minute? We did say we probably just sort of touch on them and and, and, and their downfall. Obviously, we've said already the manager needs a chance and, and, and I'm sure he'll he'll hang around for, for many years to come, as I've said. But that aside, just sort of tactically and positionally and quality-wise, what David, your, your thoughts on them as a, as a side now, and, and we've already made the point, we've all suffered in the past in terms of the number of games that we've lost against them and, and they've, they've dominated English football, we know, in, in all our lifetimes. Uh, but that's changed now, and, and that's just wonderful to be able to celebrate as, we, as we're doing today. But, but what do you make of them? Uh, and do you want to pick out any individuals? Obviously, Ronaldo was the big signing rumour. He was, he was almost signed for City, and maybe we, we dodged a bullet there. Yeah. Uh, but but thought, just a few thoughts before we move on to yeah. um, our, our players, and we're going to probably pick them all off. I think we've got a chance to talk about all of them. I think they've all played a contribution, as I've said. Thoughts about them first, briefly. Them? Uh completely disjointed they don't know what they're doing they're not coached well they're a series of good players who are completely lost and it, I've never seen such an interesting insight to tactics by seeing the difference between our coaching and their coaching you know if you look at even the backroom staff they don't have a director of football they don't have um, you know they've got people like Mike Phelan there he just they don't know how to coach these people so I think the difference is is and also, I think we are a team has been knitted together, and they're just a team has been put out there to play. So it's pretty simple, isn't it? Lisa, thoughts on on them briefly? Um, I have quite a lot to say, so I'll try and make it brief. I think they're living in the past. I think that the reason Solskjaer will stay is because no one really wants to be there with Alex Ferguson hanging around, I think it's a very difficult job. 
Um, I don't care that it's a very difficult job, but they, you know, the things that come out of Solskjaer's mouth, it's all this, oh, we're a big club, we're the biggest club. It's just, you get over yourselves and get on with the job. He's not a good manager. I don't know why anyone's surprised about that. He doesn't have a great track record before he came to United, but he, he fits the bill for them because he played under Ferguson. So he's happy to be there with Ferguson. I... I think that's what, what drove them to get Ronaldo. Maybe they were spooked by the idea we might. I hope that was never really going to happen. I really didn't want it to. Glad it didn't happen. Because this is what happens when you bring in, yes, a player who can win a match for you, but he will not win a title for you. Because they're not a team. They are just a bunch of individuals. I think that the players they have at their disposal should be doing better. And that is a sign of poor, the poor coaching that is there. But, you know, it's great for us. Absolutely. Stephen, great for us. Yeah. Yeah, I agree entirely with that. It's almost, like it's, it's pathetic that they are so reliant on Ronaldo to conjure up that one or two moments of brilliance a match. And of course, he's a very good player as a finisher in the penalty box. But he offers nothing apart from that. And they're so reliant on him, who they signed, you know, in a total panic the last few days of the transfer window when he's 36. Like, at least when they've played us in the past, as we said before, you know, they've had, yeah, they've tried to counter-attack. They've had, you know, Rashford and Martial and Dan James when he was there, like quick attacking players. It's as if they've thrown all of that loose strategy aside and gone, well, Ronaldo will dig us out of trouble. And he will. You know, he's done it a few times in the Champions League. He scores goals. But it's just, it's embarrassing when you compare that to not just City, but what Chelsea and Liverpool are doing. Brendan Rodgers at Leicester, Moyes at West Ham. You know, teams that have an idea. United have nothing. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. So let's look at some of the individual performances then. And, and we've mentioned one or two briefly, and I, I, I suppose I could... Uh, mention one player and just just sort of go go around each of you and you can give me kind of a quick a quick sentence or a quick thought on each one I wrote down KDB first actually just not that he was man of the match at all but just in terms of the fact that people were saying have we seen the best of him the injuries he's picked up clearly is affecting his performance but actually he was so much better I think I think Pep used that word that he was better but he did have an influence he looked more comfortable he had more freedom okay against a pretty crap opposition. We've already made that point. But but KDB much better, wasn't he, David? Yeah, I think I think there's his history there with KDB. Whenever he gets injured and comes back, I think he takes a bit of time 
to get going. I think there might have been one instance when he was quick to get back and play well, but he does seem to take longer. But, you know, just to have him there, yes, he did the odd thing on Saturday, which wasn't great. He had that shot, which <laughs> went a bit pear-shaped, didn't it? But in general, you know, having him on that pitch, you know, I think he played well. It wasn't the best player out there, but he makes a difference with all the other players because he's on that pitch and just, I can't take my eyes off him when I watch him play. And uh, I think he, he, I think give it, after the international break, as long as he doesn't get overplayed, um, I think he'll come back strongly. So uh, it was Steve, a good game. Stephen, can you just touch on someone who didn't play? Um, and we haven't mentioned him yet, and he's been pretty much ever-present and probably one of the first names on the team sheet. Cost us quite a lot of money, um, and significant, of course, that he was listed, rotated, dropped, whatever word you want to use. Um, just just thoughts on that sort of change and what that means, and any, any insights into that particular decision? I don't think we should read too much into it. He's played most of the games, I think, in the Premier League, at least this season. He's probably more so than Pep new signings tend to. He, he likes to ease them in. And we've spoken on the podcast before about you know, people like Bernard, Mares, and Sane, all these attacking players who actually take a year or so to get used to Pep's way of playing and his demands and what you should do if you've got the ball in this zone versus wherever else. I think he just went for that different shape up front with a left footer on the left. Jesus is you know, done well on the right so far. Um, Grealish is is fine. He could have played and he would have kept the ball just as well as anyone else. Um, and the fact that not many people are talking about us leaving out the £100 million man um, says, you know, we've got a brilliant squad and he's just another attacking option in there. Sure. Um, thank you. In terms of Edison, Lisa... Um, I, I didn't have him down, but and I think I was a bit critical last week. I was playing devil's advocate as I always do each week anyway, and, and saying actually not a great shot stopper, and, and therefore we got a problem with Edison. Um, but when he was called upon, he was did well, and his distribution again was 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 first class. So I think I can relax, can't I, about Mr. Edison? He he obviously was listening to the podcast and decided he had to preview wrong and made that save when we needed him to. Um, Edison, I, I just think, yes, sometimes he won't stop a shot, but everything else he offers, there is no other keeper who can do what he does for us. And it's perfect for the way we play. And I, I just think it's as simple as that with him. And, and it, it's more about the fact that he has very, very little to do. And so when he does have shots to save and he doesn't, it looks far worse than it would do in any other team. I, I also don't think he's as bad as, as it is made to look because of the low number of shots he has against them. Just to give you an opportunity to wax lyrical, David, and be positive and, and, and unable to say anything negative, I'm going to give you the name Joao Cancelo. Go. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah. Well, he was just magnificent. I mean, he was... He has these games now when you just go his world class. And when he's on form like this and the way he plays... And he has a run at a fullback like he was able to. Um, he's a very good footballer. And I don't think there's many fullbacks as good a footballer as he is. Um, you know, and you know, they can talk about Trent Alexander at Liverpool, but he's got a lot more weaknesses, I think, than sometimes in Cancelo. I think 
he's just a, a really good footballer. And I think, you know, the way he moves around that pitch, um, he just flows, doesn't he? And and he just does good balls, doesn't he? So um, he was that, one of his best ever games, wasn't it? Stephen, I, can I just can no, I just please. say not that I, not that I in any way want to defend Liverpool on here. If you put Alexander Arnold into our team, we'd be raving about him because his faults are the same as Cancelo's. Neither of them can defend. Cancelo yeah. is an absolutely hopeless defender, but the way we play, he doesn't need to defend. He doubles up as a, like an attacking midfielder, and he is so good on the ball and so comfortable in possession and pinging the passes around these delicate little flicks and crosses that the one or two times a game he has to defend and he'll pick up a yellow card and he's out of position, you overlook because he is so good going forward, which I think is the same with Alexander-Arnold, to be fair, at at Liverpool, except they're not as dominant as us, so he gets caught out more often. Sorry to jump in. It's fine. So you heard it here first. Um, A view from a blue, Stephen Allwise. Jao Cancelo is a hopeless defender. Let us know what you think about that. Uh-huh. We're at City Podcast. Uh, one of the greatest footballers on the planet is a hopeless defender. Um, uh-huh. Let's know what you think. Um, so, with, with, with that in mind, mo- moving on, Stephen. Um, talking of hopeless defenders, maybe you want to carry on the theme. I'm going to give you Stones and Diaz together as a Shock- shocking strikers. The pair of them. Um, yeah, <laughs> they should work harder in midfield as well. I think as well, and their um, goalkeeping is awful. Yeah. Um, I mean, they didn't really do anything. Like, they had nothing to defend against. I, mean, th- I would have thought, you know, they, were, they did what they do. I think they're very solid together. You, you lose the left-footed balance that Laporte gives you. But, you know, Diaz is just a man-mountain. Stones is so comfortable on the ball and with the crossfield passes just to change the, the flow of the game. Um, yeah, really solid. Lisa, it's been a few weeks since you've been on the show, so I'm going to give you the pleasure of having the wonderful, the amazing, the world-class, the irreplaceable Bernardo Silva. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just don't... I I am so pleased to see him back to the way he was a couple of seasons ago. I don't really know what may have caused him to be the way he was last season. I could speculate, but... He is just unbelievable. I remember when I was trying to indoctrinate my nephew into being a City fan and I was teaching him the names of all the players and I said to him, your favourite player is Bernardo. So he just goes around telling everyone his favourite player is Bernardo. And last season I felt so guilty about it. (laughs) But now I'm feeling pretty smug. He's just... it's, It's that combination of talent and work rate, which... It's just phenomenal. And I know that, David, at the beginning, he said that his goal was a bit of a fluke. I don't think it was a fluke. I think it was entirely because he started that move. And it wasn't actually until I was watching Match of the Day that I realised when they showed him starting the move, I was like, is this what started the goal off? And I I couldn't quite believe his level of involvement in that and and the work rate that is involved. And if, if he didn't have that level of commitment. Yes, that goal wouldn't have gone. That ball wouldn't have gone into the back of the net. Um, I know everyone seemed pretty shocked that it had gone into the back of the net. Most of the team, including Bernardo, but he's. I, I just. I don't know how you can replace a player like that. I really hope that he stays because. Is is just 
so dedicated and extremely talented as well. And it's a combination that you rarely see. Brilliant. Thank you. And can on behalf of the podcast, we wish your nephew a happy 30th birthday as well, by the way. I hope he's <laughs> a great birthday. Um, it's, right, David? How old do you think I am? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I wouldn't, dare, wouldn't even dare ask. Well, you never ask a woman how old she is. No. How much do you weigh, Lisa? <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's not many women you could ask that who would probably quite happily answer <laughs> exactly uh david kyle walker oh kyle walker he's another one isn't he he's just i think he gets better at the moment he's getting better each season isn't he i feel i can trust him a bit more at the moment as well um i mean his speed does get him out of trouble when need be but he's just He's everywhere, isn't he? He just bombs on that wing. And I think he's playing really well at the moment. He's playing well for England as well. Um, I, if I'm... Okay, I don't want to say anything critical because he's a great player, yeah? Is, I'd love his... I'd just say I'd love his crossing just to be a little bit better, yeah? And he would be the most complete player out there. I mean, and we, know that, just, we know that we know that Jao Cancelo is a hopeless defender, uh, according to Stephen. Would, would you say that Kyle Walker's a hopeless defender as well, David, or, or things a bit better than that? No, no, I think. I we'll ask Stephen in a minute what he thinks, but I'm just interested from you what you think. I I think his speed really helps him, and that makes a big difference. So he gets actually gets if he does ever get himself in trouble, he gets out very quickly. But he, he's I think he's playing really well at the moment, and. You know, he's amazing to watch when he just did that speed down that wing. So that's great. So, How would yeah. you describe Carl Walker then, Stephen? Just just, just for completeness here, we'll do both full-backs while you're on. I think he's an excellent player, Nigel. Um, I actually think he's, as David said, really improved. When he first came to us a few years ago, you'd have said, you know, he gets caught out quite a lot and he's got the pace to recover. He doesn't get caught out that often these days. You know, he's got the pace if he needs it, which is a brilliant asset. But it's very rare now that he's at, he is out of position. I think he's really matured as a defender. Listen, we're going to give you, Stephen, the opportunity to wax the record. We did, incidentally, if you just joined the show, we are going through every player because it was the complete team performance. I think they all are worthy of some mention, which is why we're going around everybody. We don't normally do this, but I just felt this week was a good opportunity to do that. So, Stephen... You have got Phil Foden. Thank you. Um, I mean, we could go on for another hour and a half about him. He's, he's a joke. He's, he is so, so good for someone who is still so young in sort of his development and how long he's been in our, our team. Uh, look, forget his performance specifically against United. He's, he's one of the first names on that team sheet. He's probably the first of the front three that you pick. And you look around the quality that we've got in those areas and it says everything. He is, he's going to make us very happy for, for very many years to come. Just because it's Foden, anybody else want to fill the boots while, while we're talking about him before we move on? Oh, there's, yeah. There's, there's I'd three like players to... left. David, go on. About Foden, I'd speak to you all day about him. I, when you watch him, he does something with the ball all the time. Every time he does something with it, he makes something of the ball. He normally makes all the right decisions. And he's so exciting to watch. And when he just, 
he's a pleasure to watch, isn't he? And uh, I'm in love with him. <laughs> that's all I can say. I thought you were going to talk all day, but if that's all you can say, that's fine. Lisa? I just think that we can't underestimate how fortunate we are that a player like Foden has come along as a City fan at a time when we are in the situation we are with the manager we have. Because he's going nowhere. And there, are, if, if a player like him had come along 15 years ago, he would have had to go somewhere else. And I'm just so grateful that he won't even have to ever consider that. So we've got three players left. Lisa, you can kick off. Um, Gabriel Jesus. I like Jesus. You know I like Jesus. That's um, I, I, I mean, it, it wasn't his... He, he wasn't that outstanding. But I think the point the point is that, as we've said, it was a pretty complete team performance. And for, for that to work, everyone was playing well and doing their job well. And and um, I had a feeling he was going to start ahead of Greeley. Um, much to my dad's upset, he said, what, not Sterling? I was like, no. <laughs> um, I, I, I did think he... I think this season more people are realising what he brings to the, the team. Um, I don't think it's particularly changed compared to other seasons. I just think this obsession with him being as where his replacement is finally kind of disappearing and he's able to, I know he's been playing a slightly different position, but he's just able to get on with it and express himself properly. Um, he does a, He's another one who works incredibly hard. I mean, they all work very hard, but he, the work he does for the team, regardless of whether he scores or not, I think it's difficult to replace that kind of effort. Two to go and two guests to comment. I'm going to go to David first, and I want you please to talk about Ilkay Gundogan. Oh. Um, as it happens, I, I mean, I'm a massive fan. I wasn't, if, if you said for, under how he played it on Saturday, I wouldn't say for me it was his best game actually. Um, I don't think he's actually quite hit the heights of last year at all. Um, but I love him as a player, and I think um, I don't want to criticize him, I just don't think he's as good as he was last year. And I think I would like maybe, maybe he's not playing in quite the same position, I'm not sure, uh, but he's not quite hit, hit it off yet. Has he? So um, I think that when he's in the right position, he's brilliant, but not at the moment. I mean, he's not scoring quite the goals he was. That that was the difference, wasn't it, last year? Yeah. He managed to get himself in the right position, arriving in the box late. And, I think and there's something missing. Goals. I don't know whether it's where his positioning is this year, or there's just something missing with him uh, that he, he wasn't a problem last year. And this year, there's definitely something not there. And I can see Stephen smiling because he's worked out which is the 11th player. And I know, again, someone he rates very highly, and I think we all do, and, and what a season he's having and what an influence he's having. And, and one of, I think, a, a, an underrated player, uh, if there ever was one. And that, of course, is, if you haven't worked out already, that's Rodri. Yeah, probably wouldn't have been so happy this time last year um, when he was still like, very much settling into to the role. I think I said before, Bernardo's been our player of the season. I think Cancelo's up there. I think Rodri is absolutely up there. Um, he's, he's poles apart from the... I think he was given the very unfair nickname of Plodri in his first season 
because he did used to take 25 touches when he could have taken two. And he used to just turn around and you know pass to his centre-backs the whole time. His improvement has been remarkable. Um, but even, to be fair, this season, because when, you know, end of last season, I think for the big Champions League games, we'd have said, oh, I'd probably pick Fernandinho in that holding midfield role. And we were, we were desperate, I think, for him to sign for another year just to give us that security. He's barely played and we don't miss him at all. He's, that's not a slight against him. He's, he's been an incredible servant to us. But Rodri, he knows the role. He's big and strong and can shield the ball and protect defence. But it's his passing. You know, he knows w- just when to play that one, two-touch pass. He gets forward more with the ball. I think he's been a revelation this season. Brilliant. And tonight, this week's podcast has been a revelation as well. We've, we haven't looked back at all. We haven't looked forward. All we've done is celebrated and enjoyed what was a most brilliant team performance. Um, and Manchester is most definitely blue. So thanks to my three guests, to Lisa Rubinvitz, to Stephen Allwise and to David Blakeney. This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. If you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this show, contact us at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.